If you have a copy of God's Word, would you turn to the New Testament book of Philippians? As you know, for the last year and a lot of change, we were uh, in the Gospel of Deuteronomy and graciously and gloriously finished that up. It was sort of sad that that old friend is behind us. Um, I preached through, by the way, it's an anniversary Sunday, 17 books uh, so far, uh, some big ones, a bunch of Old Testament, a bunch of New Testament, some shorter ones. Um, but we're headed to, Lord willing, next Lord's Day, we're going to start Romans. But this Sunday, through the lens of us rejoicing in God's goodness to us, we are going to stop for a Sunday in Philippians. So Philippians chapter 1, verse 1, uh, rejoicing in God's goodness to Lagos over the past 14 years. Indeed, God has been so very good to us. All kinds of reflection, um, things that I would be grateful for. I'm grateful. I, I think about how um, God has, I was think he's added to his church. We've got a members meeting at the end of our service. He's adding four more members today. And so from those that, um, I mean, if you're like just membering in, we thank God for you and those that were there at the start and all in between. I also reflected this week of all of those, um, I won't go down that road, um, that were members of Lagos who are now in heaven. That's getting to be a long list. Those that I love, and listen, they have already crossed over, and um, we're going to be with them shortly. And what a reminder of um, what's really, really important couple of introductory words. Our goal, this is more of a warning for me than for you, is not to preach the book of Philippians today, because some of us might have a temptation to do that. It's um, one of Paul's prison epistles, you know, a prison letter. Uh, what, what do you have to, what does it take to qualify for a prison letter? Well, you got to be in prison. And usually it's not good circumstances that put you there. And listen, Paul had not done anything wrong. He was in prison for right. He is suffering. He's about to be, this is language that sounds better than it is. He's about to be poured out as a drink offering, he tells us in the letter. He's about to die for Jesus. He's writing a letter to suffering Christians, people that are... St He's in prison for Jesus. He's writing to people who are suffering because they identify with Jesus. And listen, his theme in the letter is rejoice. So we want to today look at that as sort of context of where we are, the context of that letter, and we want to rejoice in God's goodness to us over the past 14 years. So if you're able, would you stand while I read our passage? We're going to just go Philippians 1, start in verse 1 down to verse 8. May God add his blessing to our reading and studying and preaching of his word. The word of the Lord from Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul and Timothy bondservants of Christ Jesus... To all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. For I am confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you, will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. For it is only right for me to feel this way about you all, because I have you in my heart. Since both in my imprisonment and the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of grace with me. For God is my witness, how I long for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for your word. Lord, it is clear, it is true, it is sufficient, it is our authority. We set under it. Lord, we um, humbly um, open your word this morning, acknowledging we are a needy people. We thank you for Christ. We thank you that we are grace partakers uh, with Paul, with the Philippian Christians, Lord, with our brothers and sisters here. We thank you for so great a salvation, Lord. We pray that we would be a joyful people, that we would be found rejoicing in Christ, Lord, in our identity in Christ, in our future, in your lavish provision, in the past, in your promised provision 
uh, in the future. We pray, God, that your spirit would plant your word in our hearts uh, today. God, that we would hear and we would understand and we would do according to your word. Lord, we pray we would share this great gospel news far and wide. We pray for your church, Lord, how you have blessed her. We pray that you would continue to um, pour out your grace and provision on her and that we would be all that you would have us to be for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So rejoicing in God's goodness to Lagos over the past 14 years. What does Paul have to say about that? Well, first of all, number one, we, as he tells us right here out of the gate, we are to rejoice in Christ. Again, that theme, rejoice in the Lord as we stand firm and strive together. And so, listen to this. You've got a key, key theme of uh, Philippians. Look there at verse 1. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Christ Jesus, writing to the saints in Christ Jesus. Look at verse 2. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, some themes that we see in Philippians, certainly Christ is one of the themes. 36 times he references Christ. Christ Jesus 14 times. That beautiful hymn that Jacob read of uh, chapter 2, 5 through 11. So you have this theme that Christ is at the center, the focus of Philippians. Also, this theme of rejoicing. 16 times you get some uh, form of joy or rejoice. Look at chapter 1, verse 18. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth Christ is proclaiming in this I rejoice yes and I will rejoice we don't have to go much farther in the letter and we get over and over again many times the rejoicing listen to this in Philippians is an imperative it's a command it's something God would command we do look at chapter 2 verse 17 but even if I am being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and service of your faith I rejoice and share my joy with you all. You too, I urge you rejoice in the same way and share your joy with me. Rejoice and share joy. Um, He's about to die for Christ. And by the way, he says that he rejoices. Now you have to say he had tasted something really, really good. You'd either say Paul was incredibly deluded. Dude, you're about to die, right? Or he's tasted something that is glorious and good, and he's saying, I rejoice and share my joy with you, and you're to rejoice too. Drop down to chapter 3, verse 1. Finally, my brethren, listen to this. This is a command, a command from the Word of God. Rejoice in the Lord. So over and over and over, 16 times we get this joy, rejoice. Uh, The gospel's a theme nine times. Suffering is a theme. So this rejoice in Christ. Look there at chapter 1, verse 1. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Christ Jesus, writing to holy people, saints in Christ Jesus. So Paul is writing to his beloved brethren in Philippi to encourage them to stand firm for Christ and strive together for the gospel of Christ. I love what Gordon Fee said about this rejoicing. Listen to this. All of which leads to the best known of theological motifs in this letter. Joy in the midst of suffering. I want to pause there. Most time we think if you're suffering, one thing you can exclude is joy. You know, that if you're ha- the world will say happy times or joyful times. No, no, no. Here's life in Christ. Joy in the midst of suffering. I want that, don't you? Because we know we're going to suffer. And I want to be able to experience joy in that. But joy is not the primary motif. Joy is how believers who know Christ and whose futures are guaranteed by Christ respond in the context of present difficulties. Not because they like to suffer, but because their joy is in the Lord. I'm going to pause there, holding my finger where I am. I remember So we're celebrating 14 years of God's lavish provision. I remember in some of those early years, y'all, there were some early hard years. In some of those early years, I didn't know if I was going to make it in the faith. I didn't know if my marriage was going to endure. I didn't think I was going to be in the ministry. I wanted to quit. I wanted to run away. And I remember a Wednesday night, a brother and sister sitting down with me at a classroom over at Emmanuel, and they said, 
David, you seem to lack joy. I remember that. By the way, I did. I felt like I was hanging on by a thread. Boy, this is so good. But joy is not a feeling. It is an activity. In keeping with the psalmist, Paul urges them to rejoice in the Lord, which can only mean to vocalize their joy in song and word. Grow us, God, in vocalizing our joy in song and word. I mean, just a quick aside. This is not to the Lagos brothers. So many times you hear like, hey, you know, you go to law churches, men don't sing. They cross their arm and look like they're mad. Well, you know what? They need to be kicked in the rear end. Amen. It's like, that made me mad. Well, go talk to somebody besides me. Nothing masculine about standing there with your arms crossed, boy or girl, like you're mad at the world that you won't sing. I didn't even have that in the sermon. <laughs> oh, it's in here, though. Vocalize their joy in song and word. If we know Jesus, I ought not walk around like a prune face all day, had I? Or to be some evidence that I know Jesus. Vocalize their joy in song and word. Above everything else, joy, listen, is the distinctive mark of the believer in Christ Jesus. And in this letter, it comes most often as an imperative. Believers are to rejoice in the Lord always because joy has not to do with one's circumstances but with one's relationship with the Lord. Whatever else, life in Christ is a life of joy. To miss this reality is to miss Philippians altogether, and to miss Philippians at this point is to miss out on the essential quality of the Christian life. In sum, our letter invites us into the advance of the gospel, the good news about Christ and the Spirit. It points us to Christ, both for now and forever. Christ is the gospel. Christ is Savior and Lord. Thus, Christ is our life. Christ is our way of life. Christ is our future. Christ is our joy. To live is Christ. To die is gain. And all to the glory of our God and Father. Amen. That's why you can be sitting in the cell waiting for them to come and execute you and be rejoicing and exhorting others to rejoice. So that's the starting point, rejoicing in God's goodness to Lagos over the past 14 years. Hey, here's the first imperative for us this morning. We need to rejoice in Christ. Second, rejoice in our identity in Christ. So we rejoice in Christ, but we got part in Christ. Look back at Philippians 1, verse 1. Paul and Timothy, I love that, bond servants of Christ Jesus. Boy, you hear the humility in that. Paul doesn't say, hey, apostle. No, no, no. He's a bond servant. But then look what he says next. Who are they writing to? Well, to all the saints who are in Philippi, all the saints. So we, we would make application. We would sort of bring that over and say if we were saying that today. To all the saints at Lagos, you'd be like, well, who's that? How many of you have been born again? You're saints. We're saints. We are. So to all, that is, that is so beautiful, to the, all the saints. Look who's those, those saints, those holy ones. Guess what? To all the saints, they're in Christ Jesus. We're, you talk about a secure place to be, in Christ Jesus. So applicable for us today, inspired by God as part of Scripture, we, we study this through the lens of being, saying our identity is we're in Christ Jesus. We're the saints at, we don't say that bragging, we're the saints at Logos. God's holy people in Philippi, one writer said. By the way, do you know how old, this is pretty cool, you know how old the church of Philippi is at this point? Quick question. What's our anniversary today? Which one? 14. They're between 10 and 15 years old at this point. Isn't that cool? There's a, they're not old church. By the way, I was, man, God help us press on. The church we remember of in North Carolina, Wake Crossroads Baptist Church, I saw, got some notification from them last night. They're celebrating today their 237th anniversary. Stephanie said, we're just 223 behind them. But we own it, right? I'm like, my word. It was an artery from Wake Crossroads. It ran from Florida, from New York and Boston all the way down to Florida. And there was a church planted there, obviously, very early on. But I want to tell you, here he's writing to this church about our age, founded by Christ through Paul. And by the way, here's the account of their founding. Listen to this from Acts 16. Verse 11. So putting out to sea from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothrace and on the following day to Neapolis and from there to Philippi, which is the leading city of the district of Macedonia, a Roman colony. And by the way, if I got my history right, somebody will correct me, I'm sure Alexander the Great's 
Daddy Philip. Right? Named after? I was pulling that up from the past. We were staying in the city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to a riverside where we were supposing that there would be a place of prayer. And we sat down and began speaking to the women who had assembled. And guess what? There's a godly lady there named Lydia, a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple fabrics. A worshiper of God was listening. And the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul when she and her household had been baptized. She urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. And that's that birth that he's, he's writing them the letters about 15 years after their birth. And so I, I love this, this second point, rejoice in our identity in Christ. Listen to this point. The emphasis from Paul is not on their Christian conduct, but on their right standing with God through Jesus Christ. So I'm not saying like, hey, do you say conduct's not important? No, conduct's got a place. But I love this. He starts out and says, you're, you're the saints in Christ Jesus. And by the way, it's a local body, those in Philippi, that area of Macedonia. You know what they're known for? Listen to this. Here's what they're known for. Being very, very poor and giving very, very generously. Being very, very poor, oftentimes we think, hey, the poor, you know, we need to give to them. They were known for their poverty and their liberality to giving to Christ's work. So second of all, rejoice in our identity in Christ. Look down at verse 7 before we go on to the next one. Look at this last phrase in verse 7 about this, this second point, rejoice in our identity in Christ. You all are partakers of grace with me. Guess what we all have? You know why we want to be giving grace this morning? Because we've received a bunch of grace. We don't want to be miserly with being gracious to each other. Because you know what? Here we all, we're all saints, and that's all by Christ Jesus. And, and we're grace partakers. We've got in on grace. Third, rejoice in being part of Christ's church. Rejoice in being part of Christ's church. I'm just going to tell you, it doesn't make sense to say, I love Jesus and I'm not plugged in, active and faithful with a New Testament church. It just does not make sense. Look at chapter 1, verse 3. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Look what he says, always offering prayer. And how does he season his prayer? With joy, that, that key theme, with joy in my every prayer for you all. Boy, there's so much there. It's joyful thanksgiving. Um, I was blessed by, oh man, mine was 12.30 a.m., my 30-minute prayer time, Friday night. Miss June, I, she hadn't a baton to me, so to speak. She texted me, you were 12, wasn't you? Right, we were right in there together. And, um, man, I was thinking, I, was, I prayed for a bunch of you in those 30 minutes. I, I love this. Look at this. He says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Here he is. He's not there right now, and he's, he's pondering, and he's picturing members that he loves. Those that, you know, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer. Listen, listen to this. For you all. Which member is important? Every member. Each and every member has a part in Christ's body. Oh, those that are doing. No, 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 no. I love this. I thank my God in all my room. Every time I think of y'all, by the way, I thought, I, I, I put a text note in my phone. I, I thought about doing stuff like that. It's like, I've, I've had enough people I'm close to die that you look through stuff like that. I'll put one in. I'm just going to say it. One of the greatest blessings of my life is being part of the Lagos body. One of the greatest blessings that God's given me 14 years. Now, by the way, we're not planning on, like, living life. Dude, if you've been somewhere 14 years, you done lived a chunk of it. Right? It's not like life's coming. Life's here. And, by the way, some of us on the back nine, some of us, like, on the 18th green, right? This is for real. And we don't know, by the way. I woke up last night. Let me tell you what I woke up. No man knows his time. Boy, the Bible's got something to say about those that stand up there and boast about tomorrow. Seems like God really wants to use that as an illustration. Get up there and boast. You might be bearing me or you. That's humbling. Rejoice in being part of Christ's church. And what he's saying there, look at verse 4. 
always offering prayer with joy my every prayer for you all. So listen to this. There's all the people in Philippi, in that area of Macedonia. But there's a particular people. I'm going to say it like this. Paul's not thankful for everybody. He's thankful for them. I'm thankful for you all. There's those outside and those inside. He said, no, man, I rejoice. I thank God for y'all. Man, that's glorious and good. Church membership matters. He's thankful for the people of God. Listen, there's higher value on people than things. There's a higher value on people than things, and that is reflected in his prayer. Fourth, rejoice in the innumerable ways God has blessed us. I'm talking about us at Lagos. Rejoice in the innumerable ways, innumerable, I should say, ways God has blessed us. Let me just be clear. Anything good, you go, man, are are we proud of ourselves today? No, no, no. Here's what we would say today. There's a lot of good things, and all the good things God has done. Anything that's not anything or things that are not the way they should be, that's on us, right? All the good he gets glory for, we're at fault for any of the weakness or anything that's broken at Lagos. You got it? So that, that's the spirit of this. But rejoice in the innumerable ways God has blessed us. Look at Philippians 1 verse 3. Now, hear this. In Greek, starting at verse 3 all the way down to verse 8 is one really long and quite difficult sentence in the Greek. Thankfully, the translators broke it down for us to four sentences in our English Bibles. Look at verse 3. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all. Now, by the way, this is so, so very good. Verse 5. In view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. In view of your koinonia, your fellowship, your participation. What, it, what would you say is the, if participation, let's talk, that's to be actively involved in, right? So participation, your fellowship, you're, you're involved in this. And, and what would be like the opposite of participation? We would say, well, either like not even being present, wouldn't you say just like um, being a spectator? I love that. He doesn't say, you know, God's doing a great work in Philippi, and I just rejoice that y'all have watched it. You, you all, you know what? Y'all have watched God work. No, no, no. Look what he says. In view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. You know what has made the church in America in large corners very weak and anemic? Is that church has been often understood as being a spectator activity. Or say that again. Church is oftentimes thought of like, well, you know, we need, to, we need some people to go to seminary. And we need to pay them. And then they, no, 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 no. Go to seminary. I did. Praise the Lord. Bless for it. But here's what. Following Christ is to, is to be, listen, is to love Jesus. And one of the ways we love Jesus is being part of his church. And one of the aspects of being part of his church is every participate in the gospel. That's God's plan. And he says, I'm rejoicing in view of your participation in the gospel. Look, all the way back to your start, from the first day until now. For I'm confident of this very thing. That's been one of my favorite verses for 20-something years. I'm confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Who started the work? He did. Who's going to complete the work? And so I want you to think about under this um, fourth point, rejoice in innumerable ways. God has blessed us. So, um, well, Bob, got, got a couple pictures, okay? I'm going to interrupt the sermon for a couple pictures here, I think. And uh, you're going to see some of our early years. Maybe, here we go. Westgate Inn's been torn down. We didn't have anything to do with that. But um, <laughs> that is um, one of the first two or three Sundays because we met there for a couple weeks and outgrew it. Stephen leading us well over there. By the way, we had a, I don't know what kind of room that was we put the babies back there, but it was bad. We took care of, that's the choir singing. Stephen, you were young. What happened to you, man? His hair, not, what happened to that dark hair? I say, yeah, you were bald. And I was, anyway. All right, let's, so I was thinking about this. this he, he, Thanksgiving, every time he prayed for them, always offering prayer with my joy in every prayer for you all. So here, here was what, here's what I would say. Here's a brief history. I'm going to give you a little bit of like date and time. God has, in our short history, blessed us with a genuine spirit of unity. He's blessed us through some very difficult lows. He's blessed us with great mission partners. 
He's blessed us to give generously to missions and ministry. He blessed us with providing us a place to meet. Wiregrass Inn, Emmanuel Christian School, property and buildings here. He's blessed us in sending a whole bunch of new members. Listen to a little bit of history under this fourth point, and I'll get back at it. Lagos Baptist Church was started on Sunday, August 16th, 2009. The church name was selected from John 1 as Greek for the word. The intent was to capture the church's commitment to the truth and sufficiency of Scripture. The first worship service was held in the banquet room of the Westgate Inn in Dothan, Alabama, with around 150 people in attendance. Christ is the head of Lagos, and her identity is grounded in Christ purchasing the church with his own blood. As part of the church's commitment to take church membership seriously, the first six weeks of Sunday morning Bible study or Sunday school time was devoted to all prospective members of the new church attending a new member's class. On Sunday, September 27th, 2009, 138 brothers and sisters in Christ um, joined the new church, making up the first membership of Lagos. God showed much grace as starting a church from scratch was quite an undertaking. And all God's people said, double it, double it, double it again. Time, money, sweat, blood, practical matters like crafting bylaws. I think of Judge Davenport, and I don't see him over there. We sat in his office, and we said, hey, we want to give tithes and offerings this thing. He said, well, you've got to have some bylaws. We're like, we don't know how to write bylaws. We learned practical matters like crafting bylaws, establishing bank accounts, and incorporating as a church were priorities in those early days. God showed much grace on the new church start. Within one month, the space at the Westgate Inn would no longer accommodate the church body. After meeting with Emmanuel Christian School, Mr. Redmond said, well, try it for three months. If y'all misbehave, we're going to kick you out. We stayed six and a half years. We broke a few things, but they showed grace. I mean, we didn't like mean to. I'd call him every morning. I'm sorry. Monday morning, sorry. Um, after meeting with Emmanuel Christian School, they agreed to allow the church to meet in their facilities for Sunday and Wednesday services. It's proved to be a tremendous blessing for the next six years as the church was able to give generously to missions and save significant funds for the purchase of property and funds for the first building. The Lord added many new members to the church family in the early years, continuing to the present. He also blessed the church with a strong sense of unity. There were many high points in the early years as every mission goal was exceeded, and God provided many open doors for growth, mission, and ministry. Mission partnerships were established. Also, Lagos worked to be on mission locally and develop close partnerships with like-minded organizations like Wiregrass Hope Group, Wiregrass Children's Home, and Alabama Baptist Children's Home. God led the church to a great parcel of land on Highway 52 West in Dothan. The property was originally priced significantly beyond what the church could afford, like over $600,000. However, the Lord opened a door, and the church's leadership worked with the property owner and a bank down in South Florida. Ask Paul Lee about that sometime. And the entire 26 acres of land was acquired for less than $300,000. Work started immediately on planning Phase 1 building. In December 2015, the church had its first worship service in the current facilities, 736 South Shady Lane in Dothan. God has indeed been good to his church. At the present time, the church is enjoying God's abundant grace and seeing growth and progress in many areas. He has brought together a diverse group of Christians who dearly love him, each other, and are committed to his word. Indeed, the best days for Lagos are yet to come. Rejoice, church, this morning in the innumerable ways God has blessed us. Number five. Rejoice that God involves us in advancing his gospel. Go right back to where we just were in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. And, and I like what, listen to what this writer said, this koinonia. In its fullest extent, koinonia means wholehearted, active participation in every imaginable way with Paul in the labor and suffering that was necessary to spread the good news. See, hear this. Church is not about us. Church is not about us, your active participation. The wrong question, and people ask this in our culture, like, hey, you know, I'm interested, and tell me what your church has to offer. Active participation in the gospel. That's how we need to answer it. You know, if y'all got a, whatever, anywhere I'd go would sound like I was being mean. You know, if y'all got cool amenities and all, Lord, praise the Lord for our facilities, but think battleship. That old adage, don't think cruise ship. We think cruise ship. What's the buffet like? Not about you. Not about me. Paul's about to die for Jesus. 
They're suffering. Do you see the urgency in that? I rejoice. Always offering prayer, season with joy, my every prayer for you all in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. Rejoice, number five, that God involves us in advancing his gospel. Number six, rejoice in our future. God will finish the work he has started in us. Rejoice in our future. God will finish the work he has started in us. You know what I can guarantee you on the authority of Scripture? Our future, is, as great as our past is, guess what? Our future's greater. Ah, right, we go, we're thankful for our past. I promise you on the authority of Scripture, our future is going to be better. Look at chapter 1, verse 6. Paul says, now he's, God is having him write Scripture here. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it. Look, I love this. When's that work going to be perfected? There's coming a day, brother and sister, that God's work will be perfected. And it's the day of Christ Jesus at his coming. And I love this. Paul has confidence in them not because of them, but because of God. I'm confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. We need to study Scripture. So many times we'll say things like, and I, and I know we can get off track and think, well, you know, I discovered the gospel. I, no, 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 let me tell you what we did. We were sinning from the beginning. Since Adam sinned, we were running 100 miles an hour toward hell. That's, we were hell-bound. We hated God, and God ran over us, and he intersected and interrupted our path to hell with the grace of the gospel. And by grace, he plucked us out of hell and saved us based on Jesus Christ, who he is, and what Jesus has done. We had nothing to do with that. So we're thinking wrong to say, you know, can I hang on to this thing and make it to heaven? No. Because it wasn't our hanging on that got us in the in the body, in the family. I love this. I am confident of this very thing. Who does the work? He who began a good work in you. And have you ever seen God not finish any work? No. Here's things you won't see out in the community. You know, work started by God, sorry, couldn't finish. Ah, man, that just gives us hope. So rejoice in our future. God will finish this work. God does the work. Look at verse 7. It's only right for me to feel this way about you all because I have you in my heart. Since both, since both in my imprisonment and in defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of grace with me. Hear this. Paul partook of God's grace, and we are partakers of the same, same, the very same grace Paul has partaken of. For God is my witness. How I long for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And listen, he's praying here. Well, I need to land. This I pray. The sermon's supposed to end in verse 8. What's he pray? Your love may grow abound more and more in real knowledge and discernment. Look at this, so that you may approve the things that are excellent. So you, so you, we, I, I pray that you're going to grow in that knowledge and discernment, so you can learn what does not matter and and therefore what really matters. For what purpose? Here's a purpose: in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ. Christ is coming back, and so this reality of the gospel, I'm confident of this very thing, that he began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Spurgeon said, listen to this, salvation is God's work, not man's. It's a supernatural work. It's a miraculous work. It is a good work. It's the greatest good for a human being. Until the day of Christ, God will perfect, will complete it. That work's going to be completed when Jesus comes back. I love this from Charles Spurgeon. When we fail, we think, am I going to make it? Well, every step is by divine grace. First step, every other step, and the last step. Listen to this by Spurgeon. Fallen from grace? Then go and simply trust in the Lord. Yes, and this is what we all must do, fallen or not. We must not trust within, but always rely on that dear Christ who died on the cross. Lord, if I'm not a saint, and I often fear I have nothing to do with saintship. Somebody say amen to that. Feel like a heathen. Okay, listen to this. Lord, if I'm not a saint, and I often 
fear that I have nothing to do with saintship. Yet, Lord, I am a sinner. And you've died to save sinners. And I cling to that. Oh, precious blood, if I never did experience your cleansing power, if up until now I have been in the gall of bitterness and the bonds of iniquity, yet there stands the grand old gospel of the cross. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Lord, I believe today if I never did before, help my unbelief. This is the true theory of perseverance. <laughs> it, is to prefer, it is to persevere in being nothing. How about that? We need to persevere. I love what John said. Hey, John, John, Jesus, man, he's like still in the show. He's all these people are fought. John, what do you got to say to that? John said, I got to keep on decreasing so Christ will keep on increasing. This is the true theory of perseverance. It is to persevere in being nothing and letting Christ be everything. God, do that in us and in your church. It is to persevere in resting wholly and simply in the power of the grace which is in Christ Jesus. Boy, what a good, good word. Rejoice in our future. Um, turn to one other place before I land. Turn to chapter 3, verse 20. Right here in this very letter. We're talking about our future. Chapter 3, verse 20. I think about when we travel... You go to these other countries, man. And by the way, you're walking through the airport. And you, you're, y'all do this when y'all traveling internationally? Like, there's my passport. There, you just like keep bumping it. Like, there it is. There it is. By the way, you get to do enough mission trips. You show up with some young girls. And they're like, I, don't, I lost my passport. And you're in another country. I don't feel holy when that time comes. Like, how am I going to get you out of here? That's a real life experience. Um, I was kind, I think. Maybe. Maybe not. But our citizenship, see, if you're going into, I've been in some places where I'm talking about like it's hard to get in and it's harder to get out. And, and you better have the proper credentials. And let me tell you what, we get so caught up in the here and now and, and just the, the frantic pace of the here and now. Let me tell you something. Let me just go ahead and just like lay it out there. Our citizenship is not in the United States of America. Now, we got a secondary, lower, all lowercase, way down the list most of us, by the way, if we've got brothers and sisters or guests from other countries today, we welcome you. You go, well, he just left me out. I'm from Romania. We're glad you're here. But most of us are American citizens, and we'll, we'll get this idea that, you know, we're like, man, my citizenship, no, let me tell you what we're doing. We're like passing through. And look at chapter 3, verse 20. For our citizenship is in heaven. That doesn't say it will be in heaven. Present is means, we had a president that didn't even know. Let me tell you what is means. That's present tense. I almost chased that rabbit, didn't I? Remember, so it depends on what is means. No, is present tense, our citizenship right now is in heaven. That, listen, that means we're not home. I think we're about to sing almost home. And Paul, when he wrote this, was almost home. And this week, I've been reflecting on all those members who are already home, who used our Lagos. There's already a Lagos section up in heaven, gathering. What is that like today? Our citizenship is in heaven. Now, look at our demeanor. We're like, we're at the gate. We're at the gate waiting like, have they called us to board yet? Listen to the language. If it's not like, we're going to hang on. Life is so good here. Keep me here. Keep No, no, no. Our citizenship is in heaven from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Is he coming today? Come quickly, Lord Jesus. I hope, can, will they tell us we can board? Because we're ready to get on the plane and go home where our home is. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen, what else? Who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of His glory by the exertion of the power that He has even to subject all things to Himself. Do you see the language of that? 
It's the same as 1-6. He who began a good work in you will complete it. Christ will do this. How will he do it? By the exertion of the power that he has. He's doing all the work. We're just getting all the blessing. And so rejoice in our future. God will finish the work he has started in us. Three summary, four summary, doing the word as we put a bow on this. Rejoicing in God's goodness. Rejoicing in God's goodness to Lagos over the past 14 years. First of all, rejoicing in God's goodness. Right? He is good. He is good. Second, zero in a little bit. Praise and thank God for his faithfulness to Lagos. You know what? There's no answer other than him that we would have made it 14 years. I remember talking to a leader in those early years about us not having any guests. And he's like, man, nobody knows where we are. And we set all these chairs up. They don't know if we're going to be back next week. And I'm like, that sort of hurt my feelings a little bit. And I was like, well, yeah, I, I see that. We're here. Isn't that a testimony to God's grace? Praise and thank God for his faithfulness to Lagos. Third, pray that God will shape us to be a healthier body in the future. Starting here, starting there, pray that God will shape us. So wherever we are, See, I, I always, I love this, I love a million things about the corporate world. One of the things I love about the corporate world is you had a lot of metrics. We, had me, we used to say, if it moves, we measure it. Inspect what you expect. We used to have a lot of metrics. And um, I, so God's got our metrics. I, I don't know how healthy a church we are on the A to F scale. I don't know where we fall, right? Because God hadn't quit. But here's what I'm convinced on the authority of scripture that however healthy a body we are we ought to be striving today and tomorrow and next week and next month and next year and for the next 14 years until Jesus comes to be a more healthier body right so God would you shape us we pray to be a healthier body of believers in the future fourth resolve so the third, now, once you think about this, pray, ask God to do something. First one, praise and rejoice, that's worship. Pray, asking. Fourth is resolve. Resolve means like, I resolve, means I'm going to, you can count on me for that. I'm in. Will you resolve? Right? This is action. This, we, we've, we've moved from teaching, now we're preaching. We're, we're, we're like preaching, saying, we want, we're, asking, we're, we're asking all of us now to do something. So think about, I'm, I'm landing the plane I promise I'm landing the plane. Verse 5, in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. So God has called us not to be present. I mean, you've got to be present. You don't have to. But ha let me ask you this. Now, I'm not talking about those that are, have a desire to be present, not able. If you're not present, can you be a participant? Try that with your professor in school. I wasn't here, but, and I had a bunch at seminary that would say, that means you get that goose egg. That zero. So to be a participant, you at least have to be what? Present. But the calling is that we would be active participants. So the fourth and final resolve that we will walk in a manner worthy of the gospel, worthy of the Lord, all our days until Jesus comes. And by the way, even as I say that, if you're like I am, you're thinking like, man, I know me. No, no, no. Keep preaching the gospel to ourselves. For I'm confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until, that's what we're just talking about, until Christ comes, until the day of Christ Jesus. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for us. We're going to sing as we, um, those of us that are prepared to give, once I pray, just start bringing. I know we're going to have like log jam down front. That's fine. We'll just sort of work through that. And I think we're going to sing Almost Home. And then um, after that, we're going to uh, member in a couple of folks, close out here. And then after that, we're going to go eat good food and continue to fellowship together uh, over at Emmanuel. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for, um, for Christ. We thank you for our identity in Christ. Um, we are saints, Lord, uh, because of Jesus. We are the saints at Lagos, Lord. We, um, we thank you for 
our participation, um, that we are partakers of your grace. And we thank you that we are members of this local church, uh, Christ the head. Lord, not a perfect church, but a blood-bought bride of Christ. And we thank you. We thank you for the innumerable ways you have um, blessed us. Uh, Thank you for each and every member that you have saved and that you have added. Lord, from the oldest to the youngest, from the most recent to the ones that have been around for the long, all in between, um, you are building your bride. We thank you for our bright future. We thank you for the grace of the gospel, Lord. If it was not you who did the work, uh, we would be lost without hope. Your word rightly appraises us that we would never have had a Godward thought had you not sought us. It never occurred to us in our own strength to call out to you, to seek you. You are the one who came to seek and to save the lost. There is much good fruit that you have borne. Um, We give you glory and praise and honor for the good fruit. We have um, great opportunities, Lord, much to learn, um, much to do to be the body you have called us to be. We have a tendency in our culture to be spectators. We have a tendency in our culture to be absent, to not even be present, to think church is about us, to look have our needs met, our wants stroked. Um, Change that in us, God. Help us to be present. Help us to be active participants. Lord, that you would involve us in the gospel. We have to be kidding ourselves to think for a moment that that is not a glorious miracle. Lord, that you would involve us in anything good. So Lord, we pray today that you would, uh, here as we celebrate 14 years, that you would light a great spark, a fire in our hearts that we would turn Uh, from temporal things that are going to rust, that moths will eat, that our loved ones after we are dead and gone will throw in the dumpster, that are oftentimes meaningless, mean nothing. We are chasing junk. God, change that in us. Help us to see what is valuable. Help us to see what is lasting. The word of God, Lord, souls of men. Help us to invest accordingly. Thank you, God, that our citizenship is not on this cursed earth. You are better than that. That is not your original design. That is on Adam and since then on us. Thank you that our citizenship is in heaven. Forgive me. Forgive us for wanting to be homesteaders here. Forgive us for not eagerly awaiting our Savior. Thank you for those members who have run their race and finish their course. We are blessed today to have known loved sat across the fellowship table been on mission worshipped together with them. As we give Lord to the expansion of the facilities. Lord, there have been seasons that the last thing I ever thought we would need to do is expand facilities. But Lord, we are here. You are growing your church. 
And so, Lord, we pray that as we give, that we would do so with a good attitude. Um, We are mindful that everything we give, it belongs to you. Lord, we're just taking it. You put it in our hands, and we're giving a portion of that back to you. We pray you would multiply the offering. You would do that in such a way that we would be able to minimize the amount of money we would need to borrow, that we'd be able to stay on budget, on task with the expansion and complete on time, on budget, and even under budget if that would please you and thereby be able to manage, steward all you've given us in such a way to maximize mission and ministry and the work of your church, the advance of the gospel, Lord, we pray. Lord, we thank you for Lagos. We again thank you for every member, each and every member. Lord, there are hurting members, I know. Um, There are discouraged members. There are members who are very sick. There are members who are depressed. There are members that are new and don't know many people. Lord, maximize assimilation. Minimize the time it takes. Help us to be running toward loving each other the way you would have us to and to be burden bearers and, um, Lord, a disciple-making body for your glory, a mission-advancing um, body. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We give you all glory and praise and honor for everything that you've done. We pray, Lord, that we would be humble We pray we would be zealous, we'd be resolved. We pray we would be like John, that we would keep on decreasing so Jesus would keep on increasing. And Lord, that people would look at Lagos and they would would see Jesus and they would see the grace of the gospel and they would see, uh, Lord, a healthy body. And Lord, we can't do that. And that all of that would um, be a sweet witness for Christ. So Lord, we praise you, we thank you. God, we pray you would give us grace for the future. Lord, we don't even know what this day holds for us. So, God, we pray that you will give us grace. Lord, you know you're sovereign over all things. You are good and you do good. And so, Lord, we rest in that today. We rejoice in you. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen.